It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. My guest is pianist, composer, producer, and two-time Grammy nominee, Greg Manning. He's performing at Gambit in Henderson this Saturday, July 15th at 9 p.m. For ticket information, go to gambithenderson.com. For everything about Greg Manning, go to gregmanningmusic.com. And you can follow him on Spotify, Apple Music, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Bands in Town, and Twitter, and 90 million other platforms. You're in more places than I am, Greg, and welcome to the show. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Ira. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. People don't necessarily know where you're from because it's hard for people to guess that slight accent, but we know it's Switzerland. It is Switzerland. I was actually born in Africa, Nigeria, but at a very early age, I was probably like three or four months, we moved to Switzerland, and that's where I grew up, near Zurich. Ah, okay. So at any one time, if I were to ask you, you would reach into your pocket and bring out a Swiss army knife, right? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I'm, I'm prepared. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Well, I wanted to have you on because you have an interesting background and you're very talented, but I was curious why you picked, of all the genres, why you picked jazz more than old classical rock, blues, whatever. Why was it jazz for you particularly? Well, that's a very good question. I think it just spoke to me the most. In in the beginning, I had some classical training. You know, we, we all start with, with classical piano. Uh, I, I did that for a while. But I think for me, ev- everything changed when I heard Herbie Hancock for the first time. That was like an epiphany. I was like, man, what what is this? You know, such such great playing. And it, it, it just grabbed me. And I gravitated towards that. But uh, and 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 that was kind of a kind of a jazz snob in in the beginning, <laughs> and I'm laughing now because nowadays I I listen to everything. The, to to me, the, the, there's value in, in in good music in any genre, mm-hmm. be it you know country, classical, hip hop, jazz. Well, how old I, you... I like I like everything. Greg, how old were you when you had that epiphany and realized you wanted to get into jazz? was relatively late, you know. A, a lot of my uh, peers in music, they start like four or five mm-hmm. where at, at that age. I think I was around 11 or 12. And, 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 and also the, the, the funny thing is I, I tell this to, uh, to a lot of people when I'm on stage. In the beginning, I wasn't interested in music. You know, my, my classmates, they had their favorite singers, their, their favorite band. I was like, yeah, music, you know. But but then I listened to Herbie, and also I forgot to mention Stevie Wonder. There, there's one song in particular called Isn't She Lovely? Right. I heard that song on, on the radio in Switzerland, and I was like, man, what is this? I just, <laughs> I just want to learn more about it. <laughs> Did you ever get a chance to meet either Stevie Wonder or Herbie Hancock to tell them that I, they influenced I, you? I, yes, uh, uh, never Stevie, unfortunately, but I have met Herbie, and as a matter of fact, for a while... I was in the same uh, uh, Buddhist group that he is, Soka Gakkai, and uh, we, we even chanted together. We, nice. we, we practiced together. Was he? And su- he's a he's a remarkable man. Remarkable he is. Man. Was he surprised that he influenced you? 
because I, I, I suspect, and I don't know the man, but he doesn't have that raging ego that a lot of people have. So he might have been genuinely surprised that you were inspired by him, even though he's incredibly talented. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think Herbie, he, he's humble, but I think he also knows his place in jazz history. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he's a giant. He's a giant. And, and uh, in order to really be a modern jazz pianist, you, you can't really, you know, not study Herbie. And, and I think he, he knows that. But, but he's, you know, he's, he's, he's very humble. And I think he also realizes that Keith Jarrett used to say this. Keith Jarrett says, you know, babies don't come from babies and music doesn't come from music. You know, life influences music right. and, and life informs music. And, and I think Herbie's involved in, in, in a lot of uh, other stuff than in music, like, like, like Buddhism. And I think that that also greatly informs his music. Did growing up in Switzerland, and you were obviously involved with Universal Music Switzerland, you've had several Swiss chart toppers there since 1996. Does that, growing up in Switzerland, give you a different bent or a different view as typical musicians growing up in the United States, either in New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, New Orleans, etc.? I uh, I think yes, I, I think definitely. But but the funny thing was, you know, when, when I was active in Switzerland, mm-hmm. uh, so many people, in, including my fellow musicians, uh, record labels, they always told me that my music sounded too American, <laughs> and, and and I thought it was kind of funny because you know all all, all my heroes basically were American musicians. So at at one point, I decided, well, maybe I should study music in in America. And and I I went to Berkeley College of Music. So uh, to answer my your your, your question, I th- I think growing up in Switzerland, the musical environment in Switzerland actually kind of forced me to go out of the country and and uh, mm-hmm. explore the American music scene. Was it more formal in Switzerland than here in America, as far as growing up with music and performing I music? Think what, what, I think what, what I always admired, and it's 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 not that prevalent anymore, unfortunately. But you know, like American high schools, they had a strong strong history of band, you know, and and unfortunately, the arts are, are not supported that much anymore. So I, I think you know, in Switzerland, we, we we didn't have that. So I think like the formal education is, or at the time, was actually better in, in America, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. We, we, did, we didn't have band in, in, in high school. It's an interesting story because we think of the Swiss, some of us think of the Swiss similar to the Germans, much more formal in their language and presentation. And that's such the opposite of what jazz is all about. So you had a, you had a thread that needle coming from a background growing up. Well, you started in Nigeria, but obviously you left at a very young age. But you're, you're growing up in Switzerland, which has a very... I guess, formal culture in a way, and yet you are into the world of jazz, which, if anything, it's informal, spontaneous, etc. So how did you thread that needle? How did you make that adjustment? That's an interesting question. And, and I think, you know, I, I, I do many things. I'm, I'm not just, a pia- I mean, just, you know, I'm, I'm not just doing piano playing. Right. I'm also writing, I'm, I'm producing. And, and I think the organ- organizational skills come in when I produce, just, you know, keeping a project on, on schedule, making sure everything is, is timed right, the organization with the computer, 
I think these skills that, that are basically my Swiss background, <laughs> I think they they come in handy. It's for, like for a our, other things. It's, it's like a Swiss timepiece, right? You're very exact. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Exactly. No, that's exactly. great. You have both but, sides and, of it. And, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But I also, I guess you know, in in uh, in uh, in jazz, in in piano music and jazz, that there are formal things. You know, you, you have to practice. That that's right. actually something I'm I'm, I'm kind of rediscovering right now. In order to execute flawlessly what you hear, what what you feel, if if you don't have the technique, if you don't have the facility, you know, you you, you can do much, and and you start repeating yourself. So I, I I think the formal thing in jazz it also exists. People just just don't don't talk about it so much. And I think the formal thing in jazz is knowing your history, where 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 everything comes from. Isn't also the formal part of jazz? When you get the basics down and then you can improvise within the song, for example, or within the tune. So you have the structure laid down by the, the writer and the composer, but then it allows you as a musician to improvise. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the song form is, is, is essential in, in, in jazz, the, the jazz blues, uh, you know. But, but uh, I, I, I think... As, as, as you said, you know, the formal thing in jazz, it, it is important. And also, in the beginning, you need to learn the basics. Also in jazz, the scales, chords, different voicings. Exactly. And uh, once you know these things, once it's ingrained on, in, in you, then you can actually for, forget about it. I, I, I was just you know, spacing for a second because it actually took me back to Berklee College of Music. Where, where I, I attend the classes and I'll, I'll never forget this, you know, college is, is, is not cheap. So, you know, it was, was quite expensive. And, and I took these advanced classes at, at the end and in advanced harmony, after we learned all the rules in advanced harmony, at the end, we were told, well, guys, now you can forget about everything that we taught you because you can basically go from any chord to any chord. If the melody is strong enough, so you know, it, I, I, it just took me back to that place. Did you, you gotta learn? You gotta have the formal training, and once that's kind of ingrained in you, you, you can forget about everything. Did you feel betrayed when you realized at the advance that you could go back to doing what you want? Actually, it was was really it was was a pivotal moment in in, in my school history, and and I, I felt I felt I uh, I felt joy and and kind of relief. And, and, uh, I always say, you know, people say music theory is important, which it is. Right. But never forget, you know, music theory is not out, uh, from a vacuum. It was based on what musicians were doing before there was music history. Uh, Bach, for example, he didn't know any, any music theory. He just created what he heard in his, in, in, in his, you know, musical brain in, in his ears. And I think that's very important. Theory is important, but the most important thing in music is you got to hear the music first and then execute it. When you hear the music, are you hearing it technically or are you hearing it, I don't want to use the word emotionally, but in a way that's different from the technical part? You get the sense of the music and then you're able to work with it. Or is it a combination of the two? You're hearing it technically, but you're also hearing it in terms of a rhythm or a, a sense of what the music is. I think in my case, it's like twofold. When, when, when I compose, I, I walk around the house, you know, uh, searching for, for melody. 
hoping for for inspiration to hit. Then I kind of hear the song in in my head. It, it, it's like a radio is playing. But when you play jazz and and, and you 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 improvise in the moment on on the spot, then you don't really have time to think about it. And and uh, I think neurologically, it's very very interesting what what's happening in real time when you improvise because the 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 great improvisers they're actually composers in real time like like mm-hmm. just the other day i listened to miles his his uh, solo in so what and and i could swear to you this was like written out it's so perfect the the, the way it's built the way he tells the story the elements he uses and and i think nothing is really random it's it's quite amazing and Soul of Spain, he also did. I mean, he did a lot of stuff. But, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Gil Evans' arrangement. Yeah. It, it's it's fantastic. You mentioned earlier about uh, the Berkeley College of Music, and I think some people watching us and listening to us think it's Berkeley as in Berkeley, California, but it's a different spelling of Berkeley. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's from the founder, Berkeley, L-E-E. <laughs> Got it, yeah. What, did yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Do you credit the school for your subsequent success or do you view it as one of the planks of your success in other words it gave you a foundation but i have the feeling you would have succeeded even without attending i i don't know that that's a hard question to answer uh i'm 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 forever grateful for all the students that that i met at berkeley i mean Mm -hmm. the, the education was was great i had great teachers amongst uh one of them was uh uh, what, what's his name? I'm, I'm spacing. Walter Beasley. He, he was my ear training teacher, and now he's he's a you know, a, a great smooth chest artist in his own right. But the most I've learned at Berkeley was actually from other students. You know, we 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 used to do like jam sessions, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. You, you would get phone calls around midnight. Hey, Greg, are you available <laughs> available to jam? All right. And and those those things were so precious. He, you 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 just learn so much, just you know improvising, learning to play with 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 other musicians. Do you encounter some of these fellow former students on the road or in L.A. or in some professional setting now years later? Yes, yeah, definitely. One of them is a Mindy A. Bear. You know, one one of the greats in in smooth jazz sax playing. We we went to school there together for for a while, and uh, I, I I see her quite often. I actually used to be her keyboard player for a second in in her band. <laughs> I think you're and, the keyboard and, player for everybody. Looking at your credits, <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. I, I, I played I played a lot of keys for, for different artists. Right. Yes, and and uh, again, you know, because of Berkeley, I, I met Jonathan Butler. Jonathan did a master class there. And I was the keyboard player. They, 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 one of the pr- professors put a band together and I, I was the keyboard player for, for Jonathan. And, and that little thing opened a lot of doors for me because then Jonathan came back and said, Hey, Greg, why, why don't you play in my band? Nice. And I, I started playing with him for almost 10 years. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. He's been a guest on the show. He's a credible talent. Yes. And, and yes. I, he is. And when you, when you talk to people who have that kind of talent, as I get a chance to, an opportunity to, and I'm grateful for it too. You you get a sense of the love that people have for their art, and you know whether it's music or writing or painting or whatever it is. And regardless of where they are in the in the status of that particular world, there's that love of the art that comes through, and I detect that from you as well. Clearly, 
you just love doing it. And you not just play, but you obviously compose and you work with other artists. So you have, you're a well-rounded artist in that sense that you can participate in the, in the genre that you want to and work with different kinds of people. That, that is a very, very good observation that because the, the, the core of everything is really, it's kind of the love and also the, the mystery about music. But because, you know, when I, when I sit at the piano, walk around the house, where do these melodies come from? I've, I've been doing this for decades now, and I still cannot tell you <laughs> where, where, where it comes from. But, but uh, keeping the curiosity and, and uh, just the love for music is, is, is really essential. Because sometimes, like in any career, the, the business of music can be, uh, can be tough, you know. Oh, yes. You're on the road and... Separate from the music, you just have to do all these other things. I want to talk to you a little yes. bit about your upcoming appearance and performance at Gambit in a moment, but I also want to touch on your album. It's a song for peace. Tell us a little bit about the album. Yes, actually, it's right here. Great. Uh, for those listening, he, Greg is, hand, is, is holding it up. Very nice. So, there yes, it is. Yes, yeah, get yes. away from the reflection. <laughs> do it one more time, Greg, so we can see it again without the reflection of the light. There it is. There it is. is. Perfect. This is better? Yes, much better. Okay, cool. Perfect. Cool, cool. It, it just came out on June 16, and I haven't put out an album in, in a long time, and I thought, man, it's, 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 it's time to do it. There are some singles, uh, previously released singles on there, but I think I have five new songs on, on the album. And uh, I, I collaborated with a lot of musicians. A lot of musicians, artists are featured. And it was, was just, just a blast doing it. You know, I had the Julian Vaughn on there. Kirk, Kirk Whalem is, is on there. So uh, in my opinion, it's, it's, it's a very cool CD. I'm, I'm glad I did it. Now, with technology being what it is these days, were you recording it in your own studio or in a studio, a professional studio or different professional studios? No, I actually recorded it right here. So in, in, in the back here, I'm, I'm sitting in my studio. Ah, and, nice. And this is it. And, and this is it. it it's, it's, a, it's a home studio. It's, it's not too big. But, you know, nowadays with, with technology, it's, it's really amazing. It's really amazing. What we have in a little computer nowadays, 10, 15 years ago, you would have to have a huge studio to, to record and execute and, and mix what we can do nowadays in the box. It's the technology is, is just amazing. Having said that, yes. one thing <laughs> you know there, there's always an asterisk. Of course. Having said having said that, what I miss sometimes is being in the same room with, with other musicians and playing music down at the same time. That that doesn't happen too often anymore. Nowadays it's like you send files around mm -hmm. and one guy or girl adds her her music. And then you send it to the next person. You're in isolation in a way. So it's almost in the COVID era there where you're just... You're, yes. Yeah. But you do have to contend with, of course, when you have a home professional studio, you, unless you're well padded, you have to deal with the neighbors. I am so lucky in, in this way. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I mean, I have some room treatment and it, it's, it's, it's uh, uh, insulated. But uh, uh, isolated—that's the word. Isolated. Yeah, isolated. But right. uh, my 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 neighbors seem to be very forgiving. Sometimes <laughs> I play two or three o'clock in the morning, right? And so far, no complaints. Excellent. So, you know, well, the fingers crossed. I hope it's going. Well, to stay I think this that you you know how the best thing to do is now that the album's out, knock on the door, and give them a copy of the album. 
Thank him for being I already patient. Did, oh, I you already did. did that. <laughs> yes, I already, I already bribed them. So. <laughs> I wasn't going to use yes, that term, but yes, yes in, in essence, that's what it is. <laughs> it's a post-bribe, though, so, yeah, because you already yes, done it. Yes. <laughs> it's, a, yes, it's, a, it's also a sense of gratitude that they didn't complain while you were doing that. So tell us a little bit about, is this your first time in Las Vegas, and is it, this your first time at Gambit? It's actually going to be my second time. I I played there before, I think about a year ago, and I I love the club. You know, it's 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 rather small, intimate, and I I I just love it because when I look in in the audience, I can see everybody's face. It's it's really nice, and they have a new sound system, and it sounds really good in there. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. And they have quite the schedule. I looked at the the upcoming calendar, and they they book quite a bit ahead. So that's impressive as well. Yes, the AAE group, I think they're called. They're very, very active right now. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's nice. And and uh, I think, you know, it, it's great to have this kind of support for the format for smooth jazz. It's very nice. I don't think I've ever asked a guest this question, but you'd be the perfect person to answer the question. And I ask it from not from a sense of ignorance, but more of curiosity. And that is, we hear the term smooth jazz to differentiate it from jazz in general how would you define smooth jazz from your point of view whoa that's a very good question (laughs) and i'm probably i'm probably gonna have a hard time defining it but uh you know i mean that the older i get to me music is it's just music and and essentially you know record labels created those labels Mm -hmm. You know, smooth jazz, straight ahead, rock, pop. Uh, to, to to me, it, it's basically just just music. But the, 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 I think th- there are some some elements, you know, in opposition to like straight ahead jazz in smooth jazz. It's almost like to me, my my uh, explanation would be smooth jazz is almost like instrumental R and B. There's a str- there's a strong backbeat on two and four. There, there, there are some funk elements, and and I mean it's kind of a broad definition, but to me it's it's actually instrumental R and B, at at least that's how I uh, you know approach it. That's how I create music in, in that format. Well, I think too, as you get older, you could call it mellow jazz, as you mellow yes, out. Yes, in that sense, that, that, that that's true. That's true. The, though not 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 everything is is mellow. You know, <laughs> I, I have kind of. I kind of have a reputation to be more on on the funky side of smooth jazz, <laughs> which which I which I enjoy. That's kind of an interesting combination: funky, uh, smooth jazz. Yes, yes, you know. yeah. Well, it, I'm trying to do it. It, it can be done. It can be done. <laughs> with, with a little Swiss flavor, you know, in that sense. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Because you've been in, in the United States a while, I, you moved to Los Angeles, I think, in 2002, and yes. Do you hear back from your friends and fellow musicians and others in Switzerland as they hear of your success and your performances in the United States? I I do I do although it's kind of hard for me to really you know keep in touch with all my friends in, in Switzerland. But once in a while on on, on Messenger, Facebook, I, I, I get a message, or once in a while I get like a Zoom call, Facebook call, and and uh, I, I talk to people. Yes, that's good. I think you could create a new genre coming from Switzerland, and you could call it neutral jazz. 
<laughs> we, we we are known for that. Yes, we are known for that. I can yeah, just yeah, see it. Yeah. You know, it. It's somewhat safe. It's not taking any extreme side. It's just sort of there. Yeah. Right, yeah, right, that right, could, that right, could work. right. Are you working on? I, you, we just talked about your current album, A Song for Peace. And yes. at the same time that you're performing around and working with others as well, so you're doing everything, are you also working on future albums at this time? I always work on my own music, and whenever I finish a song, I, I just you know store it in, in my computer, and when the time is right, I, I release the song. I, I just had a single out called "The One," featuring Julian Vaughn, and in about a month or so, I'm, I'm going to release my next single to radio. Excellent, and of course, I could always go to gregmanningmusic.com and order your album there, as well as follow where you are in the in the world of jazz. Yes, yes. If if you go to my website directly, you can actually get a, a signed and autographed copy of my CD. Excellent. Would love to send this. Would love to send this out to people. Do you find that you appeal to a wide range of music lovers? And the reason I ask that question, coming from your unusual background, we don't think of too many people from Switzerland that are in the world of jazz. That I and I that may be my ignorance that there are a lot of people, but you're the only one that I know of. So do you, does that, as a result of being from that background, do you find you're able to touch a lot of different people a lot of different ways? And when I say touch, meaning musically. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I have a feeling that like my, my you know, my, my, my diverse background or also culturally, it, it seeps into my music. And maybe when, when, when people listen to it, they, they can relate to it. They, they, they're maybe not sure why. But uh, I, I, I think so. And, and you know, again, it, it's, it's life that influences music. And uh, one, one of the perks of being a mu musician is traveling. I've, mm -hmm. Especially with, with Jonathan Butler, when I was active in his band, we, we traveled the world. We, we were everywhere. And, and those experiences, you know, different cultures, tasting different food, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's just a great thing. And it influences, it has influenced my music. A great deal. I'm sure of that. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Are you looking to do something totally different in addition to your music? And whether that is something non-music, whether it's writing a play, a memoir, a story, any of that, are you looking at doing a little bit of that as well? I've already done that, actually. In, in the year 2022, I released an album called Between the Sun and the Moon. And it's completely different from, from smooth jazz. It is more a, it's more of a soundtrack without a movie. And oh, I, I always envision to bring this eventually on stage and do like a, a multimedia presentation of it. It's, it's, yeah. uh, it's still simmering. The music is released, but, but I, I see the whole thing on stage with, with a small orchestra, with, with dancers. Uh, it, it's, it's in my mind, but I think when you listen to the music, you, you will hear what I have in mind with it. But it, it's completely different from, from my smooth jazz. And so. you did that during COVID where you were home and stuck? And Yeah, well, as a matter of fact, I worked on that particular project for about 15 years. That's a and long time. <laughs> it, it's, it's a long time. It's a long time. And also, I had to be very patient because, you know, I... Uh, I'm not able to hire the London 
symphonic <laughs> or, or orchestra, you know, the London Symphony. Right. It, it's, it's, it's just not going to happen. Right. So I had, I had kind of wait until technology catches up right. to actually capture those players and have these orchestral sounds at, at my fingertip. I had to wait a little bit to execute what I actually heard in my mind. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's very orchestral. But the fact that it took you that long, you obviously wanted to get it right, and you were waiting patiently for those moments where you could integrate what you've what you've created into another form. So that no, that that makes perfect sense. Well, that's a great way to leave it. My guest has been Greg Manning. He's performing at Gamut in Henderson this Saturday, July fifteenth at nine p.m. For ticket information, go to gambithenderson.com. And for everything about Greg Manning, go to gregmanningmusic.com. And you can follow him on Spotify. Apple Music, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Bands in Town, and Twitter, and probably the Swiss Army Knife Factory as well. So, Greg, <laughs> thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. <laughs> thanks, Ira, for having me. I appreciate it, too. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Yeah.